and welcome to Ask Nikki Novo. In this show, I'll be performing live readings for our listeners. Plus, we'll be exploring pop culture through a spiritual lens as I read the energy of celebrities and trending stories. It will be the best reading these celebrities never asked for. Get your heart ready because you're about to receive spiritual guidance for your everyday challenges. Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Ask Nikki Novo. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Hi to my OG listeners who are with me from The Final Swipe, my spiritual dating podcast, and who are with me at Soul Led, which was the last podcast. And this is Ask Nikki Novo because I just felt like rebranding, changing up the show format a little bit. And we're going to have a lot of fun, receive a lot of messages. And you're going to get on the path of your dream life without even knowing it because it's going to feel fun. (laughs) So that is my intention. But before we get started, uh, for those of you who are new listeners, I thought maybe I can share a few fun facts about me that will ultimately lead into what I'm doing in the podcast, what I hope to do. And we'll go from there and then we'll go into some readings. Does that sound good? Okay. And If I haven't met you before, because I do know a lot of my listeners, I'd love for you to say hi on Instagram and share your fun facts with me. Okay, so here we go. First fun fact, I was born in New Jersey to Cuban parents. Uh, I grew up in Miami. They moved us to Miami when I was seven. So I lived there most of my life. And we just recently moved to 30 acres in Western North Carolina. So we're just outside of Asheville now. And my family is, you know, we're adjusting from city life to now like living on the land. Oh, and I should tell you, I am married. I have three children, a dog, and a lot of farm animals. So we packed up our bags in 2021, sold our house, did all that stuff, bought land that we fell in love with. Uh, We've been building a house and we live in a little guest house at the bottom of the land right now, watching our little dream mountain house come together. So it's been fun, but also, you know, kind of stressful if you've ever built a house, but it's beautiful. And we're learning to grow gardens and live more with the land. We're learning to live with seasons. (laughs) We're learning to deal with the slower pace. So all these really cool, fun, beautiful things. Also learning to be closer to places that you can actually travel to because being in Miami, you're at the bottom of the state. So it's really hard to like get out of Florida, you know? (laughs) So yeah, it's been really fun. What else can I tell you? Okay. I am a Cancer sun, a Leo moon and a Cancer rising. My North node is in Cancer. I have a lot of Cancer energy, which is why when I teach people typically feel like I'm their mom. (laughs) And I do tend to mom because I have so much mom energy, but grateful for that Leo moon energy because it lets me come out of my shell every once in a while and do things like this. Um, For human design, you guys, I don't know too much about human design, but I am a generator. Yes, that is what I am. I'm looking, literally looking at my chart right now. Uh, Any of you do human design readings, hit me up. I've never had one. So I'm a generator. Another fun fact was I was not born with intuitive gifts. So you're going to see that this podcast is all about me using my intuitive gifts to download messages for the collective and for the listeners. But funny thing is I wasn't born that, like I never knew I had any of those. I always joke that if, you know, if I did show any of those signs, like, oh, 
seeing my grandfather, you know, die before it was time for him to die or talking to like my dead great aunt or something, my mom would have definitely sent me to some sort of priest or nun to make sure that the demons would leave me. So thankfully I did not show any of those signs. I actually had a normal upbringing in Miami around very, you know, it was a very Cuban Latin culture. That's kind of all I know. I stayed at home for college and I studied public relations. And then I moved to LA to work in film PR, which was really fun. Um, I worked at Fox and at Lionsgate and uh, it was really inspiring for me because since I'm the child of immigrants, I was really taught to only do work that is safe, you know, like that's going to make you money for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, So I didn't, I went off the grid a little bit by studying PR, but I knew that it was like a degree and that there was jobs for me. And, but when I moved to LA, I saw all these like creatives doing like dream work. And I was like, wow, wait a second, you can do this for a living. I had no idea. So I met a lot of writers when I was there because in PR, you work with writers. And I thought like, hey, maybe I could be a writer. I loved to write long emails to my friends. Um, They would always joke because I would send them these like diary entries, like before blogging was a thing, I would send them blogs basically via email. And uh, I just always had like a love for writing, which now I know it came from a past life, but um, I wasn't trained to be a writer, but I just had like the courage, I don't know, to um, decide maybe I could be a writer. So I moved back to Miami and I was a freelance writer. And then I became an editor at places like Refinery29 and MSN and NBC. And, you know, I've written a bunch for Condé Nast and Money and all these different places. And uh, that was super fun. And, but during that time I went through a breakup. I like was seeking out psychics. uh, And one day I met the psychic and I was like, I think I had this like weird question. I was like, I think maybe I could do what you do. Like I had this weird feeling that maybe I could also be intuitive. And she was so nice. And she's like, yeah, I could, you can totally do that. And then she introduced me to some books, um, Doreen Virtues, like uh, you can hear, hear your angels. I don't know if you guys remember that. She does not believe in her work anymore. She's uh, like kind of a born again Christian. So she says that the angels work was bad work, but anyways, it helped me start off. Then I just got like really interested in different certifications and I just started training myself. I was still an editor by day and like I did fashion and beauty. So it was very in the closet. I would basically at night be studying on my own all by myself because I was like deeply afraid of anybody knowing what I was doing I was deeply, I was raised Catholic. So of course it was like a big no-no what I was doing, but I could not stop. It was just way too much fun for me. And ultimately, you know, trained myself enough to be able to read energy and spirit guides and all that kind of stuff. Then I met my husband who I've been married to now for 10 years, Benny. Everybody loves Benny. He's like everybody's, you know, favorite Instagram husband. And when I met Benny, he had a four-year-old daughter who's Allie, who I've been raising since she was four. And there was something about like, he was like, you know, settled in a home and like very adult. And I was living in a condo in like downtown Miami, working in the magazine. And I just, I remember when I met him, I was like, this is not going to work. Like, I can't be traveling, you know, from like, downtown to this like more suburban area where he was living. I, I want to be available for this child. Like I need to raise this child. Like, you know, Benny had been raising her alone. And um, I also just didn't feel like fulfilled at my work anymore. You know, I was writing about 
$3,000 handbags that I wouldn't even buy myself, you know? So I was like, I need something more fulfilling. And I was already showing signs of really loving that metaphysical work, but of course, definitely not ready to come out of the closet. So I started writing um, self-help on a blog and it just, you know, kind of took off and it gave me that flexibility also that I was looking for and the fulfillment. So fast forward 10 years later, here I am. And I'm telling you, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would be here, I would not believe you because never in my wildest dreams did I think I was going to be, you know, a professional intuitive or teacher of intuition, but it's been the most amazing ride. And um, I've done more than 700 readings. I have a wait list of, you know, I think over 500 people and I have taught thousands of students all over the world how to activate their own intuition. So I feel very blessed. And this podcast is kind of, I don't know, like this place of, okay, now that I've done all that stuff, now I want to be in this position where I can touch more people because I, you know, I have this wait list. I can never get to them. It's hard to do a bunch of the one-on-ones and, but I want to keep sharing that message. And I also want to keep teaching people how to use their own intuition. So that's really what Ask Nikki Novo is about. So on this show, it's going to be fun. We're going to do a little bit of a old school kind of feel where I will be taking listener questions. You can submit them. There's links and phone numbers and all that kind of stuff in the show notes. And uh, I will take a few questions every episode, download the message. But what's really cool is that whoever's listening you will find that even though it's not your exact question, you will find that your message is in that question. So really have fun with it. I'm hoping that it kind of guides you each week and gives you that, you know, little pep in your step when you need it. Uh, Another fun thing we're going to do is I will be reading the energy of like different celebrity events or like trending events, you know, Um, which is different for me, but I actually worked in film for a long time and actually in PR. So part of my job was like looking through Us Weekly and People Magazine for like different celebrity stories and stuff and working with celebs. So it's not too different. I mean, I'm kind of laughing at myself that I'm doing this, but the reason I want to do it is because first of all, celebrities and trending stories, they connect all of us. You know, it's like, it's like these the popular kids in high school that we all know. And it's not to gossip about them or anything. And it's really not even about them but we can learn so much about ourselves through these archetypes. So my hope is that we can chat about that because it's something we have in common and we can also learn through these like collective messages. I think it'll be a lot of fun Um, and I'm sure it'll grow as we go. Like I can't wait to hear your feedback and kind of what you envision for the show and we'll just go from there, you guys. So thank you for being here. Thank you for playing and having fun with me. Thank you for sending in your questions. I love you so much. Well, let's get to our first listener question. We opened up the call-in line a few weeks ago and so many of you submitted your questions. I'm so grateful. My team and I have been listening to them, really trying to do the most we can with them, whether it's answer them here live or uh, make content and just keeping all of your questions and desires in mind. So thank you for sending them. 
But for today's episode, I'm only going to answer one. I do expect to uh, answer more than one in the future episodes, but since I took up a lot of time talking about myself, um, we're going to do one. And I wanted to do something that was similar to that place that I was in when I started the story about, you know, where I was on this path and I thought that I was going to marry this guy and I thought I was going to be an editor and like, it sounded like a great path, but then the path was like, oh no, no, Nikki, this is not it. And really started to change itself. And um, I wanted to listen in to see if I can get uh, a question that was similar to that. And I did find one. Uh, When the path starts to show itself and when it's hard to trust, but at the same time, while that life as an editor and with that guy might've been okay, would have been an okay life, would have been a nice life. This is a beautiful life. And this was not only a beautiful life, but this is like my truest path. This is my soul's path. And that is always my intention for you guys, that you're living according to your soul's path, because that is the true path of like happiness and abundance. Uh, And it requires a lot of trust. So, and I feel like that that's a theme that we have going on for sure, that a lot of our, you know, paths are shifting and it's, it's hard to you know, be okay with it, but it's happening. And I thought this question was great. I'm going to share it. And also just so you know, the way that I'm doing it is I hear the question. I choose that this is the one I'm going to go with. And then I start meditating on the question. I start reading the person's energy and receiving the the information. And I write it down uh, in my notes. So I'm going to be working off my notes, which is how I do readings. Basically, when I have a reading, I spend a lot of time beforehand getting the information and then sharing it live. And then more messages come to me like while, while I'm sharing live. So that's my process. Let's get into it. Hi, Nikki. I've graduated grad school for a few years now, and somehow I haven't had the motivation to study and pass my boards. I feel lost and unmotivated. I feel there's something else I'm meant to do, but I'm not sure what. Then again, I feel I need to get through this big hurdle so I can work and pay off my loans, even though I know this career choice doesn't make me happy. I'm conflicted and I don't know what to do. All right. So what I'm getting from this question from Chelsea is that she's basically saying like, you know, I studied this this thing. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, Boards, I was thinking like maybe attorney or medicine. She graduated and now has to study for like her exam and she doesn't have any motivation to do it. And she's also feeling like perhaps this isn't the path, right? Which is such a hard place to be in, which is basically, you know, I had all these ambitions and I, when I was choosing these, when I was making these choices, they felt right for me. And now once I've gone down the path, I'm realizing that it's not right for me. And that could be a very disorienting place. Uh, I feel like that's a bigger theme that's also happening in the collective right now because a lot of us had um, ambitions. And over the last few years and months, those ambitions feel not aligned anymore. Um, they almost It's a weird feeling of like, I don't think it's worth it to follow this. And I don't really think that that's going to make me happy. But those ambitions made us wake up every morning and they gave us like the energy to wake up every morning. And now when there is no North Star, when there is no ambition or that like fire under your ass, 
it can quickly fall into like depression and, and uh, less, like being lethargic and not being able to have anything that wakes us up in the morning because there's like nothing to work towards. Um, that hustle is like no longer there. So it could be like a very scary place. So if you're there, then listen on. So Chelsea, what I'm feeling here for you is that this is first of all, like very, you're almost like in the beginning of a heart activation. So sometimes the hardest things are the things that activate our hearts. And it feels to me almost like, you know, you're like a loving, kind person. And that's usually we think, I I mean, I used to think that I'm like, oh, I'm kind, I'm loving, I must be heart led. And then later I figured out like, oh no, like my heart is actually like so much more closed than I thought it was. And that's kind of what I see happening here. Like your heart is actually trying to activate and trying to expand and open. And what's going to get you out of this tunnel basically, or this like, you know, kind of confusion is going to be the activation of the heart. So the first message I was getting was that you have to have the courage to feel like, so I, it felt like almost like you know, that there was maybe some sadness like in the heart and this need to like cry and let it out and like not be afraid to feel what's in your heart. So you might go through like a stage of like, you'll be crying for a whole month and you don't even know why, you know, like when like the tears just kind of come out and you're just releasing a lot of emotions and the heart needs that to be able to like really get its full strength because this path that you're about to go on is very heart led. It's like your heart leads you there, but there does seem to be some uh, emotions that you've been afraid to feel that are covering up your ability to access your heart. So it's like, we just have to, be courageous enough to feel some of those things, let them out, like let them, you know, move over so that we can really get like the full potency of the heart and get like the real guidance of the heart. So that was the first message I was getting. I don't know exactly what it is that you need to feel, but it was really about like having the courage to feel so that you can have that heart activation. Then the other thing I was getting was that, um, you're definitely very intuitive, like, uh, I almost feel like you're probably like, we're like a very sensitive child and, you know, but had to adult and do all these things. So you just picked whatever, you know, whatever path made sense at the time. And it does feel like you're having a premonition right now too. And that's, what's a little hard because it feels like um, something has hit you over the last few months or whatever, maybe when you were just graduating you have this premonition that you know that there's like something else for you, like that this isn't it. And a premonition is basically like, you know, it's a prediction of the future. It's like, I seem, I feel like I'm going to be doing something else. I just don't know what that is. And now uh, the thing about premonitions is like, it's kind of like a psychic mastery is when you understand the timing of your premonitions because we'll get a premonition and sometimes it's like, oh, I'm, you know, I remember... I knew I was going to do this work that I'm doing today. Like at some point, it was like 10 years ago. I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to be an author and I want to do like big crowds. And I had all these ideas and I had this friend who was 10 years older than me. And she's like, yeah, no, I totally see that for you. I see that for you like in 10 years. And I was like, what? Like, I don't don't want that in 10 years. I want it right now. (laughs) Like I want it in next year. But it was like, I was getting a premonition, but I couldn't tell the timing of it. And that's kind of what I see happening here, Chelsea, that like, you know, there's something else, but it's the timing of it. That's a little off. Like you may think it's a little closer than it is. So this future feeling that you're getting is accurate, 
It's just that it's a little bit off, like a few years out. So, you know, and this is also why like a lot of us don't get premonitions because it's like a lot of us can't handle having the premonition. Like we can't say, like it's hard for us to stay in the space of knowing that something's going to happen in a few years or in some time, like at some point. And it's like, can we really deal with like the time from now into when that happens? So if like, we're not capable of holding that, then we probably won't get too many premonitions. So you're getting them, which is beautiful, but there has to be kind of a feeling into and like kind of a grounding into like when it's actually going to happen. So I see a whole other, I don't even want to call it career. Actually, they called it like the guides were calling it vocation. So I see like a whole other vocation for you, but it's a bit in the future and you're just getting like the premonitions that like you're going to be doing something else. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we completely, you know, throw away what you have done because I do see that like what you have studied is going to be very helpful in like what you end up doing. I don't, it's not necessarily like a blend. I do see you doing something very different than what you're, you know, what you studied, but the process of studying and finishing um, like boards and all that kind of stuff is important for your development of the path basically. So first it's like, hold that premonition, you know, be proud of yourself for getting that premonition. premonition. I want to validate that premonition that you are correct, but be open to the idea that the timing might be a little off, you know, that like this, the full manifestation of this premonition will probably be in like five years or so like the full, full manifestation. So now what I see for you is more of like, I see this like bridge job, like kind of bridging what you just studied. And then also something that, you know, sounds somewhat okay for your soul. Cause there's also seems to be something very draining with this like career that you chose um, or that you studied. So like, let's say for example, you say you're an attorney you would get like a legal job, but maybe for a wellness company or something that like sounds fun and sounds like you're doing something that like feels aligned for you. So I, I see this like kind of mix of what you've studied and where you're going because you're going somewhere else, but there's like a bridge to where you're going. And then I saw that like when you bridge, like have that bridge job, you're going to be doing a lot of studying. So it's kind of like where you're going requires studying. It does feel healing, holistic, um, intuitive. Like it definitely looks like it's in that space. And then I saw that as you're kind of in that bridge job and studying, I just saw this like lotus flower, just like a blooming into self. So that's so why I don't call it like another career because it feels like you're just becoming more of yourself. And in a way, this career was like, the one that you chose was almost like, an identity that you were trying to force or trying to, to be. And now you're like surrendering like to your true identity, to your true self. But there, what's interesting is that there's still some studying to bloom into the true self because there's something about like the things that you study that bring you down these, um, these path. So um, I know that's so funny because I know that it's funny when we're like trying to become more of ourselves, it should be instant. You know, we're like, oh, I'm ready to be myself. It's weird that we have to like study things or go down different journeys to like remember ourselves, you know, because you would think that that should be the most natural or innate thing, but it's not the case. There's like, remember in the beginning of the episode, I was talking about like some soulmates activate us and certain 
jobs and things like that, like activate us. So that is definitely what is happening here. And then lastly, I don't know if you're in partnership, but there's something about this bridge job and kind of like staying with this career that um, has something to do with the partner you end up with. I see like a new person coming in and they come in through like almost the old you and then together you become like the true self and the new self. So I do see partnership being very important. Like it's when I do readings, um, I do this part where I look at the current purpose, like what is currently important for the person to achieve their sole purpose. And sometimes it's kind of backwards things, you know, like you would think that a partnership maybe is not that important to my purpose, but for many of us, our partners are because those soulmates like help us throughout the journey. And you're, partnership seems very important. Like it's, there's something about kind of, um, solidifying that, that then moves you into like your, your true self. So there, this bridge job or this kind of like taking what you studied and working in it for a little bit is actually also one of the things that like leads you to your person who then active helps you activate like the true self. So I guess I feel like they're giving me that to like give you something to look forward to. So like kind of some motivation to finish this, but you're, you know, you're at the finish line with this career and yes, you're going to ultimately do something else, but you are going to use this for a little bit and you are going to do something with it. So, you know, you're just probably a little tired from all the studying and all the things, but understanding that it is still part of your your path, like you were correct in use, like picking that, but also giving space for that premonition to like really come into be and to like, let yourself see the steps that lead you to that premonition, that, that knowing that you have, there's just a bunch of steps that are going to bring you there. So I hope that was helpful. I think it's amazing that you like knew this, you know, in many ways. And also remember to really start like activating that heart, letting that heart feel. And then anything that you're interested in studying, that's like maybe a little different, that is, it seems very feminine. It almost seems like what you're, what you studied was very masculine and what you're going to study is very, very feminine and very casual. Like, you know, a course here, a certification here, a retreat here, like that's what it felt like, you know, to just kind of follow those things of, of interest. Um, let that full knowing like come to be because it is going to come to be but we got to take the steps to get there so thank you so much for the question it's hot hit time so we reached the point of the podcast where we go into the hot hit segment which is kind of hard to say hot hit is what i'm saying okay and in this segment I will be reading the energy of celebrities that are trending or some sort of trending event that's happening, just not so that we can gossip, but more so that we can read the energy, understand what that story is meaning to us and like why it's coming up in the collective and what we can learn from it. So today we will be reading Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. At the time of this recording, they just got married and I was like, at first, like, whoa, why would she get married again? <laughs> but uh, then as I started to read the energy, I understood that there was more there. So you can definitely read energy as long as like the energy is available. I do like to ask for permission. I do that by 
connecting with the soul of the person and just getting an okay. And many times when you try to read something that you shouldn't be reading, you'll get a big like X, you know, or the information will seem a little shady. So, um, and kind of just almost like leading you down the wrong hole or whatever, down the wrong rabbit hole. So just know that that's how I'm doing it. I do not know them. I have never had time with them, anything like that. So this is just me reading the energy from afar. And actually, so that we are on the same page, I'm going to read a little disclaimer for you so that nobody gets confused about this. I have no personal connection to Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. So please take what I am saying during this podcast as strictly my opinion in what came through to me as an intuitive download. And it is not based in fact, from what I learned from Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck or anyone with firsthand knowledge of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. This reading and the information I am sharing is for entertainment purposes only. Okay. Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo, and Ben Affleck. So I did a few things. First, I wanted, I was connecting to their souls and I wanted to kind of see their souls and how the souls interact. I didn't go into any of their, like deeply into their past lives, but I did um, quickly go into the records and I was like, oh, wow, these people have been together, very close souls. And actually when I was going there, I got the understanding, like the souls were showing me that they were twin flames, which is super rare. I have seen maybe like, I think like two twin flames in my readings and I've done a lot of readings. Twin flames is basically this concept that the soul can split and have like two experiences on the same dimension at the same time. Cause the soul can, the soul does split in several, in several ways. And like, you know, the idea is that you could be having one experience here and then be in another dimension, I don't know, on another planet, you know, being totally reincarnated into something else all at the same time. But this twin flame idea is that they are the soul split, but actually in the same moment. So um, I can actually like have my soul in two bodies at the same time is kind of the concept. I think a lot of us look for a twin flame and not all of us have twin flames. So don't stress over that. It's like the, um, I feel like it's like the AP version of soulmates. You know, it's like, I want to like high achievers were like, I don't want a soulmate. I want a twin flame. Like I want to go even higher. <laughs> But I mean, I, I have yet to see a twin flame in myself. So just so you guys know. So definitely twin flames. That's the way they were kind of showing up. The, the way I saw it is that the soul, like I asked them to split out of their body and then they kind of came together. And I was like, oh, interesting. They are like one in the same because I was trying to read the soul separate, but they were kind of showing that they were one in the same, but in these two experiences. And as they show up in this lifetime, the two of them very interestingly are like a mirror, very like mirror to each other. And, you know, I can sit here and read them and kind of get some gossipy info, but that's really not what I'm interested in. And that's not what this is about. I really want to look at why are we as a collective experiencing this story right now? Like, why are we experiencing the story of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez? Like what you know, what is the archetype for us? Like, what are what are we learning from? So that's really the point of view that I'm going to come from. So what I was getting was that, 
it looked like J-Lo was waiting for the maturing of Ben Affleck. <laughs> so it's like, it almost seemed like she always knew she would end up here. But there, I guess there was something about Ben Affleck that wasn't like fully matured. Uh, I almost got this sense that she was waiting for him to come, to move from prince to king which is such an important stage in a man's life. I don't know if you guys have read the book, um, Keys to the Kingdom. It's pretty old school, but if you're in a relationship with a man, uh, it may be helpful. And she talks about this concept, the author talks about this concept of like men moving from prince to king. And it looks like she had always been waiting for him to move into that. It also seems like they didn't have the communication skills to get through the their like past relationship and that it wasn't able to work because like they didn't have both of them are kind of like expanding their throat chakra and lengthening the way in which they talk like it seemed like their conversations were like short and fast almost as I, I was getting so they didn't have um almost like the skill to keep the relationship going but in particular like she looks like she was waiting for this um prince to turn into a king which when we look at this relationship, like what it means to us is really the overall theme of them and why we're talking about this and why we're seeing this and what it's a good example for is the healing and the balancing of the masculine and the feminine, which is so beautiful because, you know, we've been coming off of the patriarchy and we're moving more into like a more divine feminine time. But with that, and as the woman has rise, like there's been a lot of anger towards the men and, and then the man doesn't know his place anymore. So what we see J-Lo and Ben Affleck doing is kind of showing us the forgiveness of the masculine and the feminine and like, let's try this again. And really trying to come into this balanced place of the feminine and the masculine in a very divine way, rather than these kind of wounded masculine and feminine, which we've been in before and in a while, and probably also like where they were. So that's a beautiful like lesson that we're seeing that we get to, you know, kind of watch this show. I of course was like, well, if she was always, you know, and the twin flames I have seen have been together for a long time um, and, and almost like young. So I was like wondering like, why were there relationships in between and um specifically like the mark anthony relationship was a very was a karmic agreement for her um their kids seem like they're going to be something very important to the world um their children so like it's like the two of them had to come together to give birth to those to those like to seed those children basically because it seems like it seems like we're gonna see a lot from their kids, which I'll talk about in a second, but almost like humanitarian efforts, um, kind of very new earth children. Um, so we're going to start to see that come forward. And that was like kind of why they came together. And then also I was like, well, what about A-Rod, you know, like why Alex Rodriguez? And um, I was just getting the message that like her brand is more valuable when she's in a power couple. <laughs> so even though she kind of knew she was like waiting out for her twin flame, it looks like, well, I had to have like a placeholder in between because like my brand is more valuable. This is kind of the soul conversation guys, by the way, that I'm getting. So I thought that was funny. Okay. So again, what does the story mean to us? It's the balancing of the masculine and the, f the feminine, the forgiveness is kind of like, if I could title this 
relationship right now, I would call it the forgiveness. It's the coming together. It's trying again. It's, I have healed myself both in the feminine and the masculine. Can we do this in a more balanced way? Then representing the masculine, and this is kind of like bigger picture masculine. A lot of men are going through deep healing. Some are resisting it. It's also why it's a little bit of a hard time. It's been a hard time to date over the last few years, a woman seeking a man because the men have been going through their like dark night of the soul, you know? And as the men go, man goes into like the balanced masculine, specifically Ben here in this relationship looks like he'll need to be okay with like not being the lead character. Like he's going to have to be okay with like not you know, being like the white man that gets picked for everything. There's a little bit of like, seems like he needs to be okay with being a um, supporting, um, supporting the rise of the feminine because JLo really represents like almost like the queen. And in this kingdom, like the roles are equal. And in a way the queen is um, almost more, more of the leader in a sense. So he's, going to have to see if he can kind of hang out and be more of a supporting role to the rising of the female, which in general too, like that is really the man's role right now. Like, can they support women as they rise? Almost kind of like, almost like a good manager. Like, I don't know, like think about like Kris Jenner and Kim Kardashian, like Kris Jenner is like a powerhouse and it's like, in a way she's probably even stronger than her kids, but she like brings forward like these rising stars, you know, and that's kind of a bit of like what's happening here. And then also he needs to find strength in his heart, like the, the energy between the heart and the voice rather than the ego. So it's like almost like his strength where it used to come from like his will and his maybe confidence or which is kind of that solar plexus, a little bit of that, you know, that ego kind of feeling. It looks like he is finding or or the male also like is finding his strength from the heart to the voice. It looks like it's getting longer almost. Like it makes me feel like before he could maybe express like two words from like the heart to the voice. And now it's like, oh, I can express three sentences from the heart to the voice. So that's like um, expanding and that's going to be his greatest um, skill in this new relationship. The success of their marriage really looks like it depends on their ability to go slow when they get hot-headed, which is funny. Like I just saw like almost like loud conversations and fast. Um, they they both seem very, uh, they're very smart people and um, they're, they function at a very like high level also, specifically her, but it looks like the conversations are too fast and too short. So this time, like it's gonna really be about like spreading out the conversations, going slower, like almost like having to take deep breaths during the conversations. Also on her end, like, less talking, more being, you know, on his end, it's going to be like more expression. And it looks like just like mindfulness and breathing and also having space. So they'll probably, I have no idea what their living situation is, but I'm guessing like they have to maintain their like safe sanctuaries or spaces, which I honestly think is going to be a trend. You guys, I, I do feel that like if we could get there and I know sometimes it's like hard to obviously like financially afford that, but I I do 
see like a trend of like relationships working, even though they have different homes and different spaces. Maybe even if that's just like different bedrooms, um, I do see like that kind of trend happening for the masculine and the feminine or, you know, those energies to be able to balance. So keep your Miami home, (laughs) JLo. I'm sure she will. (laughs) Okay. So we're definitely going to see an emphasis on their children. Their children together seem like they're going to do fun stuff. They're um, definitely JLo's kids are more, seem more, um, I don't want to say with it, but like, I don't want to say like less regulation, but there's, there's a little bit more mental freedom there or something. So we'll see them kind of like lead the way a little bit. And we're going to see like these parents, them as parents, Ben and JLo kind of put their kids forward a little bit, like kind of, um, almost cheer on like their kids dreams. So we're going to start to see that at some point. Now, as we look at JLo representing the feminine, what we're going to probably see from her and kind of what we learn from here is she's representing like holding the power of the feminine, but with, with a softness, with a, um, less needing to like prove myself, like no longer needing to convince with my voice. Like it looks like there was a lot of like talking and convincing and like kind of having to stand up for myself, a lot of proving herself. But instead, this is like the feminine is just like, I'm here. I claim my seat. Like this is it's not that big of a deal. I don't, ha- I don't need to scream or fight for the seat. Like I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to take it. So that's what we see her moving into. So in a way, I mean, she's been queen for a long time where, you know, we saw, we're seeing like Ben go from like prince to king. It almost looks like nobody saw her as queen or something. And now that that's like, she's been queen, but like nobody recognized her almost in a way. So we're going to start to see like more of a recognition. And again, less talk, like more being is really what the feminine is trying to move through. So what we want to take away from this relationship rather than being like, you know, I'm sure everybody has shared, I mean, like different feelings, but as I, as I read them, like at first when I saw their wedding, I was like, are you kidding me? You guys are getting married. But I was like, oh, I'm so happy for them because they're really trying to heal this. And we should all cheer them on because basically this is a reflection of a lot of the masculine and feminine relationships, romantic that we see in our lives currently. And for me, what I'm getting from this is it's really about support. So in a way, yes, we're going to see like Ben Affleck kind of like support the rising of this woman, but at the same time, the woman supporting the male in these kind of new ways of being like maybe, I don't know, like almost like, um, again, a little bit more of a softness, like different roles that maybe that are maybe a little bit more maternal or a little bit like more sensitive that in the past, maybe we wouldn't allow men to do, or we would like judge them for doing that. So it's also, it's a like supporting on both ends as the feminine is almost like taking its seat that it always wanted to take. And the masculine is very like discovering itself. So there needs to be support as the masculine discovers itself. And that's a lot of what we see here in this relationship. Now, I know some of you are hearing this and thinking, 
Well, Jennifer Lopez waited around for her twin flame and it worked out and, you know, they seem to be happily ever after right now. Perhaps that can work for me. Uh, perhaps I can wait for my ex to get it together and there is a place where the two of us can come back together. And there's no judgment on that because definitely we've all felt that before at some point and myself included. But we do have to understand that there's a few things that happened here for them to be able to circle back to each other. Number one, in the last breakup, there has to be like a full release. Like this is no longer, like this is not my path. I'm not supposed to be with this person. So much so that I'm going to go be with this other person, have children with them. And then I'm going to date this other guy. Like it's fully committed because I'm just living my life. And that releases like any attachment to the outcome and any kind of forcing of the future. So that's the first thing. If we wanted to do this and do this in our own life, we really got to go all in on the timeline where we're not with the person. Like there is no faking it or pretending or keeping it in the back of our mind. It really is like a full commitment to being unattached to that outcome. And then the second thing here is that the two souls, Jennifer Lopez, Ben Affleck's souls, which I know is kind of, again, twin flame. So it's like a split soul, but we'll keep them as separate. They have to decide that they're going to continue on this contract so that they're going to decide to keep, to keep going. So there has to be like a commitment, each of them to circling back together and that circling comes together with a um, almost like synchronistic healing in a sense. Like she had to do his, her work. He had to do his work, how to be around, how to be at the right time, good timing so that they can circle back towards each other. So the evolution of each soul has to kind of be happening side by side in order for the timing to actually click. So that is an interesting point here. And this is why also some people like will be in relationships and will kind of spiritually outgrow the person, you know, like when you're really working on yourself and you're doing all the work and you're ascending and your partner's not doing that, it gets really scary because you're like, oh my gosh, this person's not going to catch up. And that's when I like to have a conversation with the souls. So, which is basically close my eyes. I see myself in my meditation. I see my partner and I just ask the souls to kind of jump out of the body and have a soul conversation. So I'm not having a human conversation with my, my husband or anything like that, but I'm connecting on a soul level and being like, Hey man, this is not working out. I think I'm going to like head out. Like, unless you really want to continue to do this work, let's do it and almost like have a conversation from a soul level. So that's an option. Doesn't always guarantee, does not mean that the soul wants to, that the other soul wants to continue. But if you're kind of in a relationship where you're fearing that there might be an outgrowing or there might have to be a leaving to be able to really create the um, healing that you know needs to happen or the expansion that needs to happen for yourself, having those soul conversations can be helpful. And I know from experience, I actually did that with my husband and we jumped on a whole, like we were, we were heading down the wrong path. Like we were going to end, you know, in this 
this form right now. And I started having a lot of conversations like that. And we just totally redid and recommitted and ended up on this other timeline. So that's one way to do it. Not that Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck were necessarily having soul conversations, but since you're a little bit more open to the metaphysical and the soul conversations, just wanted to give you that little tip. And that's it for Hot Hit. Thanks. Hope that was fun. Hope you learned. If you have some trending story or celebrity kind of read that you want to have, feel free to also leave me a little voice note on our call-in line. Tell me who you would love for me to read and um, just something that maybe you've been curious about. If I can do it, I will. I leave you with this blessing, a sacred song written and performed by my dear friend, Lindsay Simsick. This is Clarity. Yeah.